0: You're listening to a podcast hosted on The Podcast Matrix. Get your entire podcast library hosted now at whatisthepodcastmatrix.com.
1: Are you troubled by pop culture references you don't understand? Does trying to figure out
0: a
2: good jumping on point in a long-running comic series keep you up at night? Have you or your friends or family seen a comic book-based movie, TV show, or cartoon and not known what was going on?
1: If the answer is yes, then this is the podcast for you. My Big Fat poll List. Our assembly of knowledgeable hosts
0: are eager to help answer all your comic book-based pop culture questions. We're
2: ready to geek out with you. Widespread panic in the streets. The forces of good versus... The agents of evil. Not only are their lives on the line, but the fate of the universe hangs in the balance. This will change things forever. It's phrases like these that grab a comic book reader's attention. When we're told that a character that we've grown up loving for so long is going to be put through a core-shaking, life-altering event, we grow concerned. What could possibly bend the unbendable, break the unbreakable? Three words send shivers down our spine, cause us to shriek in terror, and run for the hills. Comic book events. What was once the epic climax to a building story arc in a solo or team book has now become a cash grab for publishers. And the worst thing about these massive events, is that they either have a great start, but a weak ending, or the repercussions of the event are wiped away a few months later to build up the next major event. Hold on to your capes, geeks and geekettes. We at My Big Fat Pull List are about to throw ourselves in front of the deadly laser blast, sacrificing ourselves to save you from the comic book event fatigue. Uh, Don't worry, uh, we'll be resurrected before this intro's even done. Let's look at the problem with comic book events. Greetings, ladies and gentlemen. I'm one of your hosts, Mr. X. Joining me today, of course, is... Smurfy, And calling all the way from the West Coast...
0: Pistol. So I'm glad you said we're going to be resurrected because I was ready to uh, do the death and return of myself. I have actually four different... (laughs) Versions of me ready to go. One is a cyborg. One is a uh, pure robot. One is a gentleman in a suit, and one is a uh, auspicious team.
1: That's cool, it's man. Because I've got ambiguous.
2: I've got a Smurfy that's blue and a Smurfy that's red. Ready to go. Wow. Well, okay. So no, one. no, I don't I don't like this at all. I don't like where this is going. <laughs> I don't want the reign of the Pistol Men. And we're not doing red and blue Smurfy either. We're not doing that.
0: But it gave us the Metropolis Kid.
2: Uh yes, and where is the Metropolis kid now? Dead? Dead. I don't know. He's <laughs> dead. justice or something.
0: Okay.
2: So if you haven't figured it out yet folks, we're about to talk a lot about comic book events. Now, they go by many names, banner events, crossover events. Uh, sometimes they take place in just a solo or a team book. Sometimes it's the whole company deals with the effects of the story arc.
0: Which is more becoming the thing? Honestly, it's more becoming a huge event so that
1: they
2: can, oh yeah, sell more books. Uh, it seems it seems that if you're not doing an event, you're doing something wrong. Yep, and usually that event kind of coincides with something else outside of the comic book world to tie in the old synchronicity factor of either a film or a cartoon or or some other cash grab promotion and we're going to deal with a lot but first we need to go back in time the early days of comic book events Now, like i said before most events especially in the early days of comic books an event was a story that took place it was more than just one part because usually comic books were one and done you know, you told your story in an issue, and the next issue was something completely different. Like
1: the Sunday comics.
2: Yeah, exactly. Uh, the golden age of comics, even, even some parts of the silver age of comics, you, you rarely saw a mul- multiple story arcs that would last more than an issue. And those er- in the early days, uh, I'll give you, I'll give you a, a, a great example. Sometimes those stories would actually just show up as a backup in another comic book. Way back in the 60s, when DC Comics introduced Zatanna, it was like a 10-part story that took place in the back of several different comic books. So,
1: like, uh, like those, like, I don't know, part one of, like, 10 stories. Like, you'd read I, your main yeah. comic and then be like, oh, here's three pages of a part one, part 10 of how Zatanna came around. As soon
2: as you're done with, with reading your meat topic of yeah. Hawkman number four, the last three pages is... Part one of the or or whatever it's called, the origin origin of Santana. Yeah, Hmm. it wasn't until later on, of course, that they reprint those into a into a nice trade paperback nowadays. But back then, you had to collect every issue, those issues, to make sure that you had all ten or twelve or however many parts of that story existed.
1: That is genius.
0: Uh,
2: Another example is self-contained. If it's just happening in your own book. Everybody knows the Avengers, and there are a lot of characters on the Avengers. Once upon a time, the Avengers had their adventures, but their solo adventures, the actual members, didn't really interfere with the team book and vice versa. A perfect example, and I bring this up simply because the Captain Marvel movie will be coming out soon, and part of the plot will be dealing with the story arc. The Cree Scroll War. That story took place in 1971, and it was self-contained in Avengers number 89 through 97. Now I'm telling you these these numbers so that you can actually go out and either try to find these individual issues, the folks that have the money to be able to do that, or you can go out now because of modern technology, you can actually find the trade for that
1: or digital. Oh, oh yes, digital or, or find them digital. I mean, cannot yeah.
2: forget digital. That is true. Back then, you had to collect these if you wanted the story, right. and that and that's what I feel like back then made an event important. Think, think of yourself back in 1973. I can't afford to buy comic books every single month when they come out. But then you pick up Avengers issue 89, part one of the Cree Scroll War. We're gonna go. Oh, what? part one. This is to be continued. Well, I mean, I have to come back next month. I have to make sure that I pick up that next issue, because why? It's an event. You're now a part of an event in comic books that, for you, is going to mean something. Right. Or at least should.
1: Right. It should have a long-lasting effect. And you're like, this is going to change
2: the history of comics as we know it. And sometimes they do, and sometimes, sometimes they, don't. they
0: don't. Most times they
2: don't. Uh, yeah, uh, this, uh, no, I agree with Pistol. Mo- yeah. Most That's, times Nowadays, they
1: yeah. Nowadays, it's like, we want your money. That act like it didn't happen. <laughs>
2: Events that did change the industry, for better or worse. (sighs) The 80s kind of commercialized comics because advertising became, advertising was everywhere. And most advertising was pointed towards kids. Oh, yeah. Because even though they didn't have the money, their parents did. I I can attest to that. Anytime I saw something during a commercial break of whatever show I was watching as a child, there was some toy. Always. Always that I I definitely had to have, and I was going to bug my mom until she bought it for me. In the 80s, Marvel did something, uh, well, I mean, brilliant, frankly, and it it changed the game. Mattel wanted to make superhero toys. They lost out to Kenner to make DC-based toys, so they went to Marvel. Now, Mattel wanted a big comic event to base the toy line on, and it had to be called Secret Wars. That was the only stipulations to this deal. Uh, Marvel was all for it and came up with the basic concept that would be the classic storyline that we all know. And if you don't know it, you need to check it out. It's definitely worth reading. Uh, But the bottom line was neither the toy line or the comic story had much to do with one another, besides the cross-promoting of each other. And... Like like I said, it was a genius move because now your comic books can promote toys and your toys are promoting comic books. And cartoons are promoting all. At the same time, very ironically, DC is also trying to pull a magic rabbit out of their hat. They have to do something that's going to catch the attention of an audience that is not reading comic books because for DC fans... The continuity for DC Comics in the early 80s was confusing as hell. It was atrocious. It, I, you could not tell what story took place in what reality because they had so many different. Uh, they, had, they had created the multiverse yep. in a sense to where yeah, they could an tell. Infinite amount of Earths. Right. Infinite yeah. amount of Earths. Their continuity was so atrocious that their only option was to destroy the universe. Not only destroy the universe, destroy the multiverse. And they came up with the concept that is now the legendary Crisis on Infinite Earths. So many
1: crises. So, so many crises,
2: so little time. They're
1: all crises in DC. <laughs> Every they, crisis. They
2: took all of their continuity, they, in a sense, squished it all together. And when the dust settled, you, we had a brand new DC universe that had a combination of all the good stuff that had happened before the crisis. And we were able to have all of these characters exist in one universe, and have a continuity that actually made a little bit of sense.
0: Well, I hope to God the Flash doesn't, you know, mess with that somehow.
2: Hey, spoilers! Pistol. Yeah, whoa! You watch your mouth.
0: Not spoilers. Foreshadow. It could be spoilers Carry for up.
2: anybody who doesn't read DC Comics.
0: At this point, they're <laughs> on their own.
2: Now, the thing is, is that events aren't a new thing in comic books, but they became more of a mainstream kind of a thing to where they would focus on, hey, so the X-Men are going to have this major event that happens in their book, and Batman is going to have this major event that happens in his book. They happen every year. Oh, yeah. But because of the time period, we didn't have the technology to be bombarded with event over here, major death over here. Character Returns over here. Basically, if you weren't collecting comic books, you didn't know what was going on. And the wild thing about it is that all of this kept building and building and building towards the early 90s, which had a a boom where comic books were concerned because both of the big two pulled off some amazing story arcs, some amazing events that actually got national attention. DC, of course, Death of Superman. You kill off your biggest character, and you actually think he's gone for good. And Death of Superman was an 11-issue story, but then right after that you had Funeral for a Friend, another 11-issue story. And then the very next year, you get Reign of the Superman, which was a 23-issue story spread out over several comic books. So in two years and 45 comics... You have told this story of Superman dying, being laid to rest, being replaced by four different schmoes, oh, yeah. and then re- coming back from the dead. Hey, and, and he's there. He's okay. Here. He's okay, <laughs> but he's got a mullet now.
1: Yeah. It's in, yeah, remember yeah you remember the mullet. the mullet. Come on. Yeah, you remember the yeah, mullet. Yeah, it is. The mullet was in style at the time, Man, and it was like blue and black because they put the blue in for like an accent. Or high- it wasn't supposed to be
2: blue, but it, it was the bring highlights out blue and black, and yeah, so bring out bad. his bring out the the black suit, black suit. You don't need to
1: highlight a mullet; it's just glorious <laughs> in its own. Like whatever.
2: Now, at the same time, Marvel was building up their canon of events by basically keeping most of their stories self-contained in the annuals for all of their books. Uh, you, you remember when annuals actually they, meant something to a comic say, book?
1: They meant something back then. Yeah, they, they did like mean something. Now they're just like filler, and you're like, whatever. It's a non sequitur
0: general.
2: Yeah. yeah. Well said, Pistol. Well said. I chime in. <laughs> uh, funny thing is is that every now and then you'll come across an annual that does mean something again. The writer's like, you know what? No, this needs to mean something. Those are the ones that everybody skips. And then you exactly. find out, oh, it
1: means something, and you can't find it.
2: Yeah, exactly. And most of Marvel's big crossover events were taking place in the annuals or they would have their own separate mini series but then up in the corner of your comic book it, it, there'd be a little tag that would say ooh this is a part of secret wars part 2 oh, yeah but have really nothing to do with the, se- the the main story it just hey it just so happens that the beyonder flew by in a panel they're like author's note
1: see <laughs> infinity war number 4 and you get there and it's like nothing's mentioned uh, yeah great uh-huh. Yeah. Glad I bought that book, too. Thanks to authors. And book. it And
2: it built up. It bu- <laughs> yeah. And it built up up until the early 90s when you get the Infinity Gauntlet storyline. Now, the Infinity Gauntlet was only a six-issue miniseries, but it had over 40 tie-in books throughout the Marvel Universe line. Too many. Guess what? The very next year, Infinity War. We're going to build it up even more. Infinity War six-issue comic book series. But you also need to read Marvel Comics Presents 108 through 111. Oh, and don't forget Warlock and the Infinity Watch 7 through 10. Plus the other 40 I mean, how books.
1: how could anyone forget yeah, but, Warlock and the Infinity Watch But, 7 some, through but
2: some of those mattered. Some of them mattered. I mean, some did. But some of them didn't. didn't which, is true.
1: Which I feel like is nowadays. Some matter, some don't matter.
2: It's always been a problem. Companies do not tell you what you need to what, pick up what, because like they really want matters. you to right, buy, buy everything it it it's all, a business guys. here's a checklist gotta, gotta have them all, all. Right. Gotta, gotta gotta have them all but even though that was the case in the late 90s there were some great story arcs there were some great events do you have any off the top of your head Smurfy, that uh, you remember that uh from back then
1: <sighs> from back when like early no well i mean
2: early 90s you weren't collecting comic books yet no. but any storylines from the early 90s that took place in that time period uh, that that pop into your head.
1: Probably you already named it. Probably Infinity War.
2: Infinity War. Mm-hmm. What about you, Pistol?
1: Uh, yeah, Infinity War is kind of the big one for me as well.
0: Now I that's just... the one that has changed and basically had a big, the biggest influence on Marvel. I want to say in the early 90s.
2: For me, in the early 90s, I would uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna stick with a X-Men storyline because that's I'll my. Be if you didn't that was my that that was basically my bread and butter Uh, i was a big fall of the mutants fan and even though that was more late 80s that's one of those that really grabbed me once i got to that period of storytelling in my collecting because i wasn't collecting in the 80s but when i did start collecting the books and started getting the back issues once i got to that time period that's a golden age for especially for x-men fans that's a golden age of storytelling right there Let's ask the audience. Were there any major comic book events from that time period that grabbed your attention? Let us know by reaching out to us over at our website at mybigfatpullist.com. Fill out the contact form and let us know what event struck you as fantastic. New business as usual. Now there was a time period Right there, after the early 90s, the big comic boom, where comics were in the, the public eye, there was a decade that kind of changed everything. It was, it was business as usual, but they kept on trying new things. And that's when the, the, the more line-wide crossovers would pop up. And I can only really speak for Marvel, because I was collecting Marvel by this time, and reading a lot of Marvel by this time. Beforehand, you never really saw the whole universe of characters involved in something. It would be your either your solo character or your team character maybe crossing paths with one or two other solo characters or one or two other teams rarely though. but but rarely right right rarely. it was it was basically spider man and all of his right friends all of his amazing friends. Right. Pretty much I hung was out. About to
1: make that joke. Good job. <laughs> and, and villains kind of
2: hung out. They hung out over there. The Hulk and his his friends and and villains hung out over here. The X Men hung out over there. The Fantastic it's, it's, Four were up in the Baxter Building.
1: Daredevil was in his alley, right? Which Spider-Man right. swings over, but they never. But, ever but cross. they never really they never talk, talk to cross. each like, other. Well, no, don't go they they to the kitchen.
2: Never, well, yeah, because a boy from Queens it. Yep. knows to stay out of the kitchen. Oh, wait.
0: Well, this is where my issue of. Um, my big fat pull list, Pistol Presents, would have a crossover with Mr. X. Because let me pull something from you that wasn't really announced out the gate. And it pulls right from Mr. X's wheelhouse. And that is the story of Onslaught.
2: Ah, Onslaught. That story is either something that you love or you hate. There's no kind of in-between with most comic fans.
1: Don't know it. I'm kidding. Really? Like no, I video, know. I read Onslaught it. is a
0: polarizing figure.
2: Ah, magnetism. Wow. Oh, boy, he's got puns. He's a quick one. one.
0: I wrote that down, by the way. (laughs) I'm going to let you tell the story because, honestly, as great as I do tell stories, and I do tell them better than you, the X-Men is your bag, baby. And while this is a crossover issue between Mr. X and Pistol Presents, it's yours to tell.
2: Well, he really wants to have his own little segment called Pistol Presents, doesn't he? I'm I'm,
0: I'm hashtagging it soon. Don't worry.
2: (laughs) Hashtag Pistol Presents. And and you are right, it is a very big, complicated story, so I I will try to water it down as best as I can. In a previous story arc in the X-Men comic books, uh, Fatal Attractions, Magneto finally has had enough with the X-Men, and he rips the adamantium right out of Wolverine, almost killing him. In retaliation, Professor Xavier shuts Magneto's brain down.
1: Should've been wearing the helmet. He
2: he should have been, but his fight with Wolverine knocked uh, the helmet uh, off, giving Xavier the opportunity. This left Magneto in a vegetated state. We don't find out until much later as Onslaught, this mysterious figure, is doing things behind the scenes to both hurt mutant relations with humans and kind of help. It's very weird. He's, he's kind of like trying to screw everybody. Right. I don't like mutants and I don't like humans. I don't like anybody. I'm Onslaught. Right. Boogie, boogie, boogie. Well, you find out that Onslaught is actually the psychic projection of all of Xavier's repressed anger mixed with the quote-unquote evil in Magneto's soul that kind of jumped ship into Xavier when he whammied him during Fatal Attraction, and it created this being, Onslaught. Because it was made from the energy of, of, of two mutants, to destroy it, you couldn't use mutants. It was basically immune to any mutant power. That, that is why the rest of the Marvel Universe had to be involved. That's
1: like a Cap and Hawkeye.
2: And- you have to have the I Avengers, and- the yeah. Fantastic Four. The you, uh, the, you, you had to have your, your big hitters. And the story is quite old, so if you haven't read it yet, you're out of luck, because I'm going to spoil the ending. Because mutants can't attack Onslaught, the heroes, the non-mutant heroes of the Marvel Universe, had to give Onslaught actual mass, so that there was something to destroy. Cap, Iron Man, the Hulk, the Fantastic Four, Doctor Doom, well, Doctor Doom got drug in, but... Basically, all of, our, all of our main heroes, the Avengers and the Fantastic Four and some of the the side characters, jump into Onslaught to give him mass, and then the X-Men destroy him. Wow. Now, the Marvel Universe, the people of the Marvel Universe believe that the mutants have just killed all their heroes. Right, so they're pissed. But what has actually happened is Onslaught, earlier on, had captured Franklin Richards, the son of Mr. Fantastic and the Invisible Woman of the Fantastic Four. He actually uh-huh. has the ability... To create universes. And what he did is he created a pocket universe and put, he saved everybody, basically put them in a new universe. But since it was a new universe, they all had brand new lives. It was a fresh start. And it was actually a gimmick that Marvel was doing that launched yet another major event called Heroes Reborn. And that was Jim Lee and Rob Liefeld were pretty much the two big spearheads for that. Relaunched the Avengers, the Fantastic Four, Iron Man, and Captain America. So many pouches. You are correct. Pouches out the wazoo. The Iron pro- pouches. <laughs> yeah. The problem with this uh, this this big event is nobody cared.
1: No, it, it was kind of boring. The
2: fans were like, "We didn't ask you to restart Relaunch. these characters in a separate universe." with fresh continuity. I mean, it was like nothing had happened. It was like this brand new. So, 13 months later, the heroes returned with a crisis. <laughs> no, no. Oh, DC oh, sorry. Sorry, DC not has the uh, right. DC has the whole thing on crisis. They, they have crisis. They got the trademark on crisis right. crises crises crises. Crisis. There we go. Crisis. Crisis. Now, also, this was a time period where the internet was actually being born and becoming a thing. As the 90s progressed, late 90s, you've got the internet. It's not as. Thank
0: you, Al Gore. Right.
2: <laughs> and people are getting more information faster than having to wait for uh, trade magazines to come out about movies or comic books and things like that. But you've also got the dawning of the comic book movies. That started happening in the late '90s as well. Let us not forget Spawn. Yep. Even though that movie was horrible, really bad, it was based off of you a right. comic book.
0: Right. You bite your tongue. John Leguizamo should have won an he, Academy Award for his
1: betrayal in that. He saved that movie, but we're gonna continue on.
2: You know, I, I will agree. He was the most entertaining yeah. thing about that movie, even though it was a horrible portrayal <laughs> yes. of the Violator.
0: Oh well, yes, yeah, obviously, but you know. He's Luigi Mario,
2: so you gotta love him. <laughs> I prefer Mario, Mario. Thank you very much. <laughs> Didn't we just have an event? Yes. For breakfast. <laughs> it's not I lunchtime, mean, though. And lunch. <laughs> yeah, Probably. oh, it's
1: dinner time. Time for another event, fellas. I just pooped an event <laughs>
2: before we started this podcast. Some events felt like poops. That's right. <laughs> You're definitely not far off. The early 2000s changed the game when it came to events. Both companies pulled something off that, at the time, I'm sure the majority of comic book lovers were gaga for. But now, in hindsight, are looking back and going, "Yep, that's that's it right there. That's the point in time where I pretty much just gave my wallet to the comic book companies. That was the free taste." The ta- yeah, and then the <laughs> next one's cost yeah. you get co- mm-hmm. That's how you get them hooked,
0: baby. Yep.
1: Gotta get, gotta get That's them hooked. free sample. Yep. Nothing was free because you bought all the comics. You but bought you know what I every mean.
2: comic. That's right. You bought every comic. Marvel pulled off Avengers Disassembled. Oh, so something, something that had never been conceived of. Why, why would you disassemble the Avengers? They are the Avengers. It's your your premier team in the Marvel Universe, and they tore them Apart. That's when I was
1: working at the comic shop. Yes. That's when I first started, and that's the, the I was I was hooked. I had somebody else tell me about it, and I was like, I got by every issue. I got yeah. what's going you on. To I, I got to see that every issue. I got to see the fight. I got to see where this leads. This is groundbreaking stuff. Blew my mind.
2: Led to the death of several characters like Hawkeye, yep. Vision. Vision.
1: Vision was brutal. I'll Vision, never, was, I'll never forget. It was that. very
2: brutal. Uh, uh, let's not forget the uh, Jack of Hearts.
1: Yeah. This was brutal, too. Yeah. God, his was super brutal. <laughs> I just remember what happened with him. A lot oh. of super brutal stuff. And you didn't see that coming. Like You didn't see th- any of this coming. Well, like, Hawkeyes, I mean, as they're fighting, you kind of saw it coming.
2: Well, he sacrificed yeah, himself. Yeah,
1: he got hit, and he's like, I'm not going out like this. And you're like, oh, no. He and basically then,
2: pulled a Randy Quaid from Independence yeah. Day. Hello, boys. That's what he yeah. Yeah. Was like. In the Boom. word of my generation,
1: right. yours. Boy, yeah, yeah that's exactly. What that's what he did. Uh, Visions was more like you didn't see it
2: coming. No, well, because it was, it it was, was She Hulk. She Hulk just ripped them apart. Yeah. Long ripped ways. Him in half. Yeah.
1: Hot dog ways. Hot dog ways. <laughs> yeah, not hamburger ways.
2: Hot dog ways. <laughs> 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 it was, oh, this was, was brutal. <laughs> 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 yeah, you ain't walking away from that one. Yeah. <laughs> no. You ain't even limping away no, from that. No, it was one.
1: awful. And me, I mean, it was right in your face. It was like the whole page. You're just like, oh, he's in half. And that
2: set the stage. because yeah, then you're like, for oh. a brand new Marvel. Because after you're disassembled, they launch new Avengers, and it was a new yep. group of heroes, led of course by Captain America and Iron Man. But it was a brand new landscape for Marvel. Even though I look back on it with fond memories, it is the start of the. We're gonna do an event every single year.
0: Well, now hold on there, Mister X. DC actually started this every year events right after Crisis on Infinite Earths in 1985, and then they went from '86 there was one, '87 there was one, '88 there was one, '89 there was one. Well, cetera, yes. Cetera, 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 cetera. So, so and this so is did exactly Marvel. Exactly new grounds, but it, this is where I feel like everything they did started to not matter because eventually. The Hawkeye would come back. The Vision would come back.
1: But you, I, I agree with you, but at the time, we didn't know that. We thought like, oh my gosh, they're reshuffling the deck, they're getting rid of heroes, time to shuffle in new characters, and it was groundbreaking. Where a lot of these other crises, like, yeah, they killed off Superman. You didn't hear but about, he came back. Yeah, he, yeah, right. He came back, and you didn't hear about Batman dying. You didn't hear about Wonder Woman dying. You didn't hear about Green Lantern dying. Like they kept all those guys going. A major event was just like somebody's attacking Earth. Rally the team. Get the Justice League together. We fall back. We won. And you're like, oh, that was a close one. Good thing we won it. This was their killing off characters, and people were like, it's not just one guy we never heard of. These are some major like name characters, and we were and like then Jack well, of and Hearts a, and a few. <laughs> yeah, whatever. He took out the mansion though, so that's why we needed him. Oh yeah, right. That, that's what we need. get rid of a building. Have Juggernaut come in, please. Well, that's that's been I'm, done. There you that's go. What I'm
0: saying is the beginning of the downfall of the major event.
1: Well, I, I, I feel I think like it's the beginning it and mattered, end.
0: But how long until Hawkeye was back? How long until the Vision was rebuilt? How long until Jack of Clubs came around again?
2: Is the point that I'm trying to make at this point in time when they've when they've leveled the playing field? All of these events flow into the next event. There was no real resting period where events were concerned. It mattered. Whereas before, these events, yes, they were happening, but they were happening sporadically in either a book over here, a book over here, and a book over here. Unless you were reading every single book that a publisher was putting out, you may not be aware of an event happening in somebody else's book. But as of the early 2000s with, for Marvel, Avengers Disassembled, that led into... House of M, yep, which then led into Civil War, Secret Invasion, yep. Siege. Yeah, I mean, all of these things rolled into each other. There was no real respite for fans. And then plus you had countless tie-ins oh, yeah. to all of these storylines. You couldn't oh, just buy issue tie-ins. 1 through 12. You had to get all the other tie-ins because the company was telling you, oh, all these stories matter.
1: And all of them did, but there was a lot. Hashtag there was a lot. all tie-ins matter. Yeah. But there was so, at least House of M, there were so many tie-ins. And at the time, you were like, this is unheard you gotta of. You to get them all. It hits every book. Yeah. It hits every single book out there. Because it's a line-wide right. crossover. You gotta get it.
2: Same thing was happening over at DC, though. Don't get me wrong. DC was doing the same thing. They brought their whole crisis thing back. Yeah,
1: right. Another with crisis.
2: Identity Crisis, which right. was a great mystery story. Very right. self-contained. But it was, the, it was the spark on the fuse yeah. that would lead to... In my mind, the downfall for my enjoyment of DC Comics because Identity Crisis in 2004 led to Countdown to Infinity Crisis, which
1: led to Fifty Two, which
2: led to Infinite Crisis, which led to Fifty Two, yep. which led to Countdown to Final Crisis. Have them all.
1: <sighs> have them all.
2: Which led to Final Crisis. Have them all. I know you do. Write them all. You're
1: freaking crazy. Yeah, I uh, I got a discount. <laughs> so oh. that's how uh, <laughs> I was going to discount. Bought them I, all. I, read them all. I'll,
2: At least I'll come over. Count
0: you down to each of
2: the events. That's nice of them. Yeah. yeah. Oh yes. And that was what? very thoughtful of them. All of these events were basically labeled with the the the, the tagline of "Nothing will ever be the same again."
1: Incorrect. But yes, I mean, you're correct on that statement. Incorrect. The statement's false. Yes. Yeah. Like yes. You're right on that. Yes other statement. no. Yes. Or no meaning
2: yes. You guys following this?
1: <laughs> we'll, we'll put a diagram up.
2: Yeah, we will. There'll be a flow chart. None of these actually were world changing because you still had to have a, sembl- a semblance of normalcy by the time you rolled into <gasps> next year's event.
0: Well, how can you shake up the world if the world's already shaken? you got to set everything back.
2: And that's why I want to ask the audience, how much pain was your wallet or purse feeling from the gotta buy them all syndrome of this period in comic book collecting history? Let us know by heading over to our website at mybigfatpulllist.com. Fill out the contact form and let us know. Do you remember World War Three? I do remember World War Three. Remember what came out of that? World War Three was supposed to be a huge, huge freaking thing, and, three, and issues. three issues.
1: And guess what came out Not of it? Not even double sized no, issues. No.
2: three damn issues. And all
1: that came out of it is they all that Black came out Am's of it. Black Adam's a dick. No, besides that, <laughs> he kills one of the Geo Forces because there was two. <laughs> Ooh. Yeah, that's it, folks. A, a hundred and like ten comic books to watch Geo
2: Force die. This won't matter a few months from now. so true i wish that i could be lying when i say that recently i mean real recently like within the last five years uh, it seems like anything any major thing that happens in a a a giant crossover comic book event gets negated a few months maybe a year down down the line and the problem with that is is that you take away the impact of your story if you fix the problem or death or destruction that happened in that story a couple of years later or a couple of months later. Well, also,
1: it, it ruins continuity with the character. If you're in a book and you're into it and you're like, oh man, the story's really going somewhere, also, like, we got to interrupt it for a major event. Major event happens, it goes back, continuity's kind of over, and you're like, wow, the major event had no impact, yeah. and he ruined my continuity. Now I don't like this story anymore, so great.
2: From this point on, I can't really speak for DC after Flashpoint, but Marvel? Very much like Lucy and Ricky, Marvo, you got some spanning to do because their events they have all of this build up and then woo, 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 it, yeah, fizzles. it fizzles. It fizzles so it, bad. fizzles so it means absolutely nothing or whatever they do, whatever big <gasps> shocking moment that happens in said event, taken away two months later. Yeah. Let me ask you a question. Can you tell me what the event Original Sin dealt with? The Watcher?
0: Uh actually I can just a little bit, dealt with Odin's brother, was it? Uh, a more An evil Odin was essentially it, who, threw that, who rained down hammers from the
1: heavens. Incorrect. No, I remember. Really? No, I not remember original it. sin. No, it's
0: probably because the only thing I read about it was the Deadpool where he got the squeaky toy hammer and ah. the wall.
1: So
2: uh, no, sin. the Watcher was assassinated. I'll say I knew it was the Watcher. Yeah, You were yeah, right. right. It had to but do with it. the Watcher. And his eyeballs were taken. That's right. Because his eyeballs were the whole key to being
1: able to see shit. At the comic store, they gave away free bouncy ball eyeballs that glowed in the dark. Very cool. i ah, not. No. I now get that reference now. But
2: And it all had to do with how Nick Fury has been the man on the wall. And this wall is basically, it's a fictional wall that it's basically, I watch out for everybody. I'm the man on the wall. He's the, I'm, he's the real watcher. He is the real watcher. Now, across the Marvel comic books, every book had at least one original Sentian where yes. something that was not known is suddenly revealed. revealed
1: about the character or Venner, or, yeah. But oh, the thing is... I remember this now, yeah. Okay, yeah. do you? spider
0: they revealed... Um, didn't they reveal Silk here?
2: Yes. So in Amazing yeah. Spider-Man, Silk is revealed.
1: Really? That's how Silk
2: was That's born? how Silk was... Well, that's how Silk was brought into continuity. Right. We learned that the spider that bit Peter Parker... Before it died, it's bit a female and mm-hmm. gave her powers as well. And that female was hidden away in a bunker and not revealed until this moment in time. So, yay. It's, it's one of those wacky stories that when you ask somebody what it was really about, they're kind of like, well, I know it had to do with the Watcher and something. There was a guy with an eyeball for a head. And here's another example. Civil War Two happened oh. in 2016. Didn't read it. Horrible title. It shouldn't have been called Civil War II. And I'm not even going to get into, the, into what it was all about. But guess how it started? Major death of a long-standing character. James Rhodes. Oh, wow. The That's War great. Machine.
1: Hmm. Murdered. Not cool.
2: In battle by Thanos. And at the time, also dating Carol Danvers. So now you've got Captain Marvel, who, who has now just been given a hard blow right. to her emotions because she's lost somebody that she loves. Well, guess what? Two years later. He's back. He's back. Brian Michael Bendis brings Rhodey back to life in Iron Man issue 600. They engineered a new body for him.
1: Oh. So he's just floating on space. They reached up and grabbed him. Because that's how
2: souls and and consciousness and things like that work. You kill off a major character that starts off this, this big, huge event and now that death is negated because he's back.
1: Right, it's meaningless.
2: It is meaningless. So Thank it's like you. The
1: whole event's meaningless. Like, why read it? You can skip even it.
2: even more meaningless. Secret Empire.
1: Ugh. Hydra Cap. Oh, yeah. Yes, I read that. we yeah. all yeah. we Hydra all laugh, cap. we all scoff, but we read it. Yeah, we all we all fell for. It. We're all we all shocking all. Awe. Yeah, oh my we, gosh,
2: we all fell for it. I I have to admit, I fell for it too, and I'm kicking. I still kick myself in the ass for this. But Secret Empire, hail Hydra, Hydra Cap. Three major things happen. Rick Jones is killed. He's executed. The Black Widow is murdered by Hydra Cap, and the city of Las Vegas is completely destroyed by Hydra. Well, guess what? One out of those three things still stick right now in comic books. Can you guess which one it is?
1: Vegas is still going.
2: No. (laughs) Rick Jones is still dead. Oh, so Vegas is back? Black Widow is back. Nobody cares
1: about Rick
0: Jones, the A-bomb. Hey, 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 everybody
2: cares about Rick Jones because Rick Jones is the original sidekick to all the major heroes, sir. He's a true American hero. Sure. And he was never a part of the Joes. (laughs) Rick Jones is still dead, but...
0: There it is.
2: Black Widow is alive. Yep. This is less than a year, man. Less than a year. Black Widow is alive again. And thanks to Doctor Strange, the city of Las Vegas lives again. Along with everybody who died in it as well. Let's put this in a timeline. Less than 12 issues. Less than and 12, 12 issues, issues. These things have been negated. So Within the, a paperback. Yeah. It leaves me to believe that anything moving forward where these big two companies are concerned, why should I care? Why should you care? Why should you
1: care, Do you Pistol? know I do? I think of it as like a summer blockbuster movie. Like I'm gonna read this for just entertainment. It's not gonna matter. No one's gonna care. Anything that happens, to this is communicated negated in like mm, three weeks anyway, a month, whatever, and that's it. So I don't We're get gonna have by. a good time while, we, yeah. while it lasts. I buy no tie-ins unless I'm already reading the title. I'm like oh, tie-in. Nope, doesn't matter. I, I started doing that as well. I just well. get the main event. I read it. It was, oh, was kind of fun. Something new, something interesting. File it away and then forget about it.
2: That's you know what? That's an interesting take. You know, I think some of us collectors could actually uh, t- take a page from Smurfy's book there. And maybe not get so uh, wrapped up in the game. I know I won't. I, I, I talk 30. a good game, but but I, I can't follow in his footsteps. i got to have them all. Well, the reason
0: we can't is because we invest too much money and time into it. It's not going yeah. and paying $26 for a single ticket and some popcorn to watch, you know, a two-hour extravaganza.
2: With where- IMAX. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Yes. Uh, it's time and energy and effort. I mean, it's not that much effort, I'll be honest with you. I mean, it's driving to the comic store.
2: But it's time, up, and, and it's and money. money.
1: Yeah, It's, it's your time. It's you're money. choosing to read and that instead that- of doing anything else. Like, you're choosing, like, this is going to be my entertainment. I'm not going to hang out my wife. I'm not going to hang out my dog. I'm going to read my comic.
2: Right, and I should be getting I want my entertainment dollars worth. Right,
1: and it's overselling it. Like, if they would just say, hey, here's the
0: story we're telling, it wouldn't be that big of a deal. It's Instead, it's, it's a world-changing event. Nothing you see will ever be the same after today.
1: Five variant covers, like, three sketch okay. covers, two foil over covers, <laughs> and don't forget that they can connect all into one big puzzle. Buy them all. Mm-hmm. The comic industry is like, guys, he's really gone forever, and they're trying to pull the wool over your eyes. When we as fans know, you're going to bring him back, and they're like, no, we won't. They're like, yes, we you will. No, we is won't, is that and they don't do. bring him
2: back. Right? Leave if him, you're going to do something,
1: let him be gone for a while. If you want to compare, if like, you're
2: pulling a trigger. Keep that trigger pulled. Don't don't erase it later on down the line. Let's go like Civil War one.
1: Cap died. Well, it's I even mean, in Civil yeah, War guys. It doesn't dies. matter because yeah. he comes well, back. No, well, no die, but I'm saying he Civil was War. he was gone for a while. Whereas in the DC world, uh, Darkseid Zaps Batman. You think he's dead, and you find out a month later. No, he's yeah, been he back just in been time. traveled back in time. Because so
2: that's how his, his Omega beams work. All oh, right,
1: right. No, right. it's all dumb. But what my, my point is, is is that like at least with Marvel, they kept going. Cap's dead for almost a whole year. Where DC was like, ah, nah, we're kidding. Like right away, like right away, they're like, ah, it's lying. He's not dead, right? But at least Marvel tried. So I was like, I, I give credit, but still, it's like. I think
2: guys. what it all really does boil down to, though, is that if you're going to do a major event, stick to your guns. Stick to your guns. Make the event actually matter. If you don't want to have to resurrect somebody five months down the road, don't kill yeah. somebody. Yeah, don't kill him. Just tell a really great story. All right. Let us get our money's worth, so that. We can put it away and remember it fondly and have a a conversation like we've had today about good story arcs and good comic book events instead of bitching about things that just don't work. So would you say the event's dumb because
1: they kill off a character who doesn't stay dead? Once if they, like, injured characters and stayed injured for a while, would that be, be like, oh, man, like, Batman broke his legs, and now we got to deal with Batman with broken legs for a month, and we know eventually he will heal because he's a human— but would that be more than like, oh, he's dead. He's gone forever out of line. You see no, what I'm saying? To me, I, I get what you're saying. Yeah.
0: Gentlemen, if I may give you a positive example of something that is not earth-shattering, globe-defending, person-dying, kind of. To me, I look to Superior Spider-Man. Okay. Which is, I feel, the blueprint that they skewed when they tried to do Captain America Hydra. Wherein the story is, I won't spoil all of it because, again, this is a small arc that I feel is really good in the Spider-Man universe is Peter Parker is no longer Spider-Man. Peter Parker's body still is Spider-Man. The person that's in charge of that body, Dr. Otto Octavius. And one last brilliant ploy, he has mind-switched his mind, right, yes, with Peter Parker. So as Dr. Otto Octavius lies dying, Everyone finally breathes a sigh of relief saying, finally, he's gone. But little bit better, know that he had switched minds with Peter Parker. And it's a great story about learning a lesson and having permanent consequences. Because once... How do I put this? Uh,
2: and also having a great writer attached to your property. Yeah. Thank you, Dan yeah. Slott.
0: Yes. So, Superior Spider-Man is the way I feel to really do a
2: big event. But it's also I mean, self-contained. I mean, yeah. Cuz it's only in Superior. The sub- in the Spider-Man comic book. But it's Correct. a great way to do what? a major event in just one book.
1: So fans, we ask you, what makes major events satisfying?
2: Let us know. Head on over to our website at com. Fill out the web form and get back to us with your opinions. Until next time, I'm Mr. X. I'm Smurfy i Pistol Danger. Bang! And we'll see you next time.
1: That's our show, folks. We hope you enjoyed it. Be sure to subscribe on the podcast listening app of your choice.
0: What he means is download and
2: subscribe
1: on every app
2: possible. Have comments, questions, suggestions for future shows? Reach out to us at our website at mybigfatpulllist.com. You can also follow us on Facebook,
1: Twitter, and Instagram. Until next time, keep your web fluid sticky. Your Batarang's sharp. Ouch. And your Space Gun's charge.
2: That's not a Space Gun, that's Megatron.
0: here spider-man as a story at a later time what do you our audience think about what i don't know my wife keeps calling me so i'm guessing it's important so i'm trying to wrap this shit up
2: okay oh that's so all you say <laughs> just say pistol danger bang and hang up I'm pistol danger bang thanks guys i'll talk uh, to you later all right yeah. cool <laughs> i'm not keeping this part no this this will be the the easter egg <laughs> oh, at the end of our episode